Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome, welcome. December 23rd, episode X Factor with the Crypto Hipster, episode 19. Two days before Christmas, four days after the start of Hanukkah, a few days before the start of Kwanzaa. To everybody, happy holidays, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year. Well, I'll be saying Happy New Year again next Friday as I wrap up the season with episode 20. Today's episode 19 of the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster, and I wish everybody a happy holiday season. I mean, I can't express that enough, how grateful I am to have the opportunity to bring to you the X Factor for this year, each and every week here on Friday mornings and um, the East Coast time, and, you know, everybody reads it over and listens to it over the weekend, so enjoy your holidays. Uh, now, let's, let's kick off. We kick off. I don't usually do this. Uh, I don't usually do breaking news, but I have breaking news. Um, here is the breaking news uh, in regards to FTX. FTX is asking the bankruptcy judge to stop BlockFi uh, from claiming Robinhood shares. The embattled crypto, well, embattled, yeah, I don't think called embattled, it's something else. Uh, FTX asked for the assistance of a U.S. bankruptcy judge to prevent crypto lending firm BlockFi from claiming around $450 million worth of Robinhood shares purchased by its former CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. Wow. He needs $250 million of that, really, to cover his bail. Um, November 28, BlockFi filed a lawsuit demanding emergent fidelity technologies uh, Sam Bankman Freed's holding company to turn over $56 million, uh, $56 million Robinhood market shares. The stocks were allegedly put up as collateral for BlockFi's loans to crypto trading firm Alameda Research. Uh, both FTX and Alameda filed for bankruptcy, we know that, before settling the, the BlockFi loans. However, FTX argued through a filing in the U.S. bankruptcy court that the law protects the company from debt collecting efforts. This is messy. This is ugly. This is uh, headed down something we haven't seen before in a while. And all this is going to shake out somehow. Um, and how it's going to shake out, you know, let's uh, let's find that out. Now, um, let's let's go here and talk about crypto Twitter's confusion. OK, it's the first place we can start analyzing this crypto Twitter confused by S. By Franklin Freed's $250 million bail and a return to luxury. It's return to luxury. You know, in the U.S., it's we do have a law. It's called innocent until proven guilty. This man has not been proven guilty yet, um, or he may not be. Depends on the jury. So we'll see what happens. And I mean, everybody has their opinions of what should happen. But uh, crypto Twitter has seemingly taken issue with his uh, bail, right? which allows him to spend Christmas in his parents' Palo Alto home without paying a dime up front, you know, innocent until proven guilty. The former FTX CEO arrived in New York from the Bahamas on December 21 and appeared in court on December 22, where he was released on bail via personal recognized bond, uh, essentially a written promise from the defendant that they will show up for future court appearances and not engage in any illegal activity while out on bail. Yeah, that's hasn't gone well with a lot of things. Um, uh, promise is empty, not for him, but for a lot of people. 
yeah, I promise not to do anything bad, and then you do something bad. Um, but according to the release argument agreement filed on December 22nd, no cash was required to be deposited with the court, but the bond conditions see that his parents' five-bedroom home in, in Palo Alto will be used as collateral. And then a family friend put up money, too. Who's that family friend? What's the relationship? You know, ask those kind of questions um, if you're really intrigued by this. And um, I don't think that I'm necessarily intrigued to ask those questions. I just think that everything got, has gotten messy. And I've written 67 books in the past two months, and it covered 2021 and 2022 and what's possible without this uh, craziness. What's actually possible because of the technology, and I know it's two days before Christmas, but a plug for my books, the Kindle version is $1.50 and the hardcover is 4 bucks, and you can get them on Amazon. Any one of them. And there's more coming next year. But let's go to talk about his girlfriend, okay? Uh, Caroline Ellison, okay? Alameda's Caroline Ellison escapes potential 100-year prison term via plea deal. A plea, a hundred, she escapes 110 years. She will be 140 if uh, she had to do uh, time. And she wouldn't make it to 140. Not many people in this history of this earth have. Um, one of the key witnesses in the ongoing FTX investigation made may evade all of the seven counts of allegations against her with a plea deal. Former Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison would only be prosecuted for criminal tax violations under the agreement and could be released immediately on a $250,000 bail. The plea deal between Ellison and the Office of the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York was published on December 21st. According to the document, the former Alameda executive will be spared of all major charges, which could have seen her sentence up to 110 years. Ellison was accused of seven counts. Two accused her of committing wire fraud on customers of FTX and engaging and conspiring to do so. Another two alleged she committed wire fraud on the lenders of Alameda Research and conspired to do so. Count five charged her uh, with conspiracy to commit commodities fraud. Account six alleged conspiracy to commit securities fraud on FTX's equity investors. The seventh count accused her of conspiring to commit money laundering. Wow. Ho, ho. The attorney general's office agreed not to prosecute Ellison on any of those seven counts in exchange for her cooperation, complete disclosure of all information and documents demanded by prosecutors. Wow, this is going to be a drama, man. Um, okay, so is that... Should she be, uh, you know, um, charged for the seven counts? Remember, in the U.S., it is um, innocent until proven guilty. So let me know your thoughts, and um, we will move on. Okay, we have to move on. We have to move on from that drama. Um, we have to move on as an industry. We have to move on as a people. We have to move on from our anger. I know I have to move on from my anger. What am I angry about? Well, I think they they deliberately you know, did some things that were not un unethical and uh, not, may not be illegal, but un unethical. And, um, one of the key things in life is, is forgiveness. And, um, you know, I'm practicing that right now. So, and since I'm practicing that right now, we're going to move on. 
And uh, the SEC official, we're talking about the SEC because they were involved too. Um, they say, be very wary of crypto proof of reserve audits. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, a senior official from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission has warned investors to be very wary about relying on a crypto company's proof of reserves. We're warning investors to be very wary of some of the claims that are being made by crypto companies, said SEC's acting chief accountant, Paul Munter, in the December 22 interview with the Wall Street Journal. A number of crypto firms have commissioned proof of reserve audits since the collapse of crypto exchange FTX, aiming to quell concerns over their own exchange's financial soundness. However, Munter said the results of these audits isn't necessarily an indicator that the company is in a good financial position. He says, investors should not place too much confidence in the mere fact a company says it's got a proof of reserves from an audit firm. Okay. All right. Message got. You know, um, come up with a better way. Let the world know. Actually, you know what? You had SEC, so I don't know if you come up with a better way. But hey, uh, let me know your thoughts on that. And let's go to uh, hmm, where do we want to go? We want to stay in the U.S.? Nah, I'm out of this place. Let's go to South America. Let's go to South America. Okay? Now, um, there was a, a really interesting study. Really interesting report. The driving forces behind crypto adoption in Latin America in 2022. Um, inflation, cross-border payments, asset tokenization, and NFTs. Such inflation, cross-border payments, asset tokenization, and NFTs were among the major drivers for firm for crypto adoption across Latin America in 2022. Sources in the region noted that. Um, I don't have the name of the report here. But uh, Latin America made up 9.1% of the global crypto value received in 2022, reaching $562 billion between July and June, July 2021 and June 2022, representing a growth of 40% in the period. Remember, the crypto market was around $3 trillion at one point, and now it's $860 billion. Uh, four Latin American countries ranked in the top crypto adopters in the latest... Here it is, the Chain Analysis Global Adoption Index. So the, the source is the Chain Analysis Global Adoption Index. Major developments have contributed to these regions, and those were the four main ones. Um, but, you know, uh, institutional adoption and regulatory developments have paved the way for Mercado Bitcoin to issue Brazil's first stablecoin. Um, there's tokenization. Uh, it's... Latin America has benefited from uh, tokenization of investment products. Imagine life insurance companies in the U.S. tokenizing um, life insurance and annuities, how that would look, uh, where the people would gain value more than, you know, we're not going to talk about yield now because the banks don't like to hear about yield from other, anybody else. They like to pay you a quarter of a percent for a year instead of having you make money. Um, but, you know, music and art tokenization in Latin America uh, boomed. And, uh, you know, Latin America has been a great hot spot. So uh, hopefully we can see it continue. And, um, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that uh, issue. Okay. Um, and uh, staying in Latin America, we will go to Brazil. Okay. And in Brazil, the president signed a crypto ball, uh, bill into law. You know, uh, and I just had a conversation this week with Vinicius Diaz who um, 
from L Bank, who we had an amazing podcast. We talked about this. Um, so if you have a chance, Crypto Hipster Podcast and my latest episode and the one that closed out this year uh, for my guests um, was an amazing conversation. We talked all about this. But Yair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, uh, set to leave office on December 31st this year, next week, has signed a bill aimed at legalizing the use of crypto as a payment method within the country. Uh, in the December 22nd publication of the official journal of the federal government of Brazil, Bolsonaro's office said the president has signed Bill 14.478 into law following the approval from the country's chamber of deputies. The legislative body sent the bill to the president's desk on November 29 as the final step in recognizing crypto payments. According to the text of the bill, Brazil's residents will not be able to use cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin as legal tender in the country, as is the case in El Salvador. However, the newly passed law includes many digital currencies under the definition of legal payment methods in Brazil. It also establishes a licensing regime for virtual asset service providers and sets penalties for fraud using digital assets. Let's talk about payments. Bitcoin's not the best payment. Uh, methods since it's a store of value it's great to hold like gold uh, it's a great long-term investment i don't know why you would use it for microtransactions um, a great use a great crypto to use for microtransactions is litecoin i happen to own litecoin so i'm not just shilling it uh and i don't get paid by anybody but i have some and i bought some and i use that for payments uh, but there are other cryptocurrencies that are that are out there um that are good for payments you know and um this all now falls under the regulatory umbrella of Brazil's Securities Exchange Commission, and they're looking at crypto as payments. And that's smart in a country where 50% of the economy is a uh, is an underground black market. And um, now you have an opportunity to to pay and to be part of the society, um, especially important in Brazil. Okay, so okay, so let me know your thoughts on that, and. Um, I'm going to stay, you know, in South America and Latin America, because guess what? It's more interesting than the U.S. right now. Um, let's go to Argentina, who recently won the World Cup. Congratulations to the Argentina soccer team, uh, World Cup champions. Uh, congratulations. You, you deserve that. And it's great to see. Um, so Argentina's province is now ish to issue a U.S. dollar peg stablecoin. Okay. The province of San Luis in Argentina approved legislation allowing the issuance of its own stablecoin pegged to the U.S. dollar. The token dubbed the Activo Digital San Luis de Ahorro will now be available to all citizens of the province over the age of 18 and 100% collateralized in liquid financial assets of the province. The bill authorizes the province to issue the stablecoin up to 2% of its annual budget. It also stipulates that assets can be transferred between parties, but it does not specify which chain will be used for the transactions. So I guess that's up in the debate, up in the air, and that is up for amazing opportunities in the world. Let's go, Argentina. Okay, so now um, we're going to go over to uh, Europe to let's start in Ireland. Okay. Um, Coinbase secures VASP registration in Ireland. Uh, crypto exchange Coinbase is granted permission by the Central Bank of Ireland to act as a virtual asset service provider, according to a December 21 announcement. 
The company operations in the country will be overseen by Cormac Deenan, a former employee of Crypto.com, Deloitte, and Citigroup. Under the VASP registration, Coinbase Ireland will be subject to the Criminal Justice, Money Laundering, and Terrorist Financing Act 2010. Uh, okay, we're expanding in Ireland. Looks good. Okay, let's go to... Uh, so Ireland, everything's checks out over there. Um, moving forward, regulatory-wise, and you know, uh, they want crypto to succeed, and that looks amazing. So let's go to France. French regulator AMF blacklists only two crypto websites in the whole year. Okay, financial regulators in France continue to flagging illicit players in the financial exchange, forex, and cryptocurrency markets, backlisting a fresh batch of related websites. The French stock market regulator, the Autorité des Marchés Financiers (AMF) and the Prudential Supervision and Regulatory Authority (ACPR) updated a blacklist of websites identified as unauthorized investments in forex and crypto. Out of the 15 newly black websites, only two uh, sites imply a direct connection with crypto in their name. These websites include 24 Crypto Forex Trading Net and CryptoNex.io. Uh, okay, um, that's a step up from the 49 names last year. Um, and so people are, um, you know, complying uh, with, or not complying, but they are um, honoring the local requests uh, by the, you know, community to, to uh, by the country to comply with some laws at least. And they are doing that now. I have to get out of Europe because I want to head over to uh, to Asia. Okay, we got to cover the world. We have a little time to do it. World's really big. Uh, if you like my show, please listen more. Invite your friends to listen. Uh, we're gonna have a fresh new episode next week, and then we're gonna kick off the new year. Okay, so let's go to Asia, Hong Kong. Hong Kong legislators firms to lure 1,000 Web3 startups over three years. They're gonna lure startups to Hong Kong. G Rocket is aiming to attract 1,000 Web3 startups to Hong Kong and will help them with banking, government services, and office spaces. It's never too late to move to Hong Kong, folks. A startup accelerator co-founded by Hong Kong Legislative Council member Johnny Nga Kit Chong wants to attract 1,000 Web3 businesses to set up shop in the city-state over the next three years. Uh, Kit Chong is a member of the Legislative Council for the Election Committee constituency and has been in office since January of this year. The engineer and politician has his finger on a lot of pots, okay? As long as they're not boiling and burning skin, you know? Uh, as he has declared owning shares in roughly 40 different companies. One such company is the startup accelerator G-Rocket, which he co-founded alongside Casper Wong in 2016. And Wong is the current CEO, and he uh, they are looking to develop Hong Kong Web 3.0 hub. Uh, Hong Kong's always been a uh, melting pot of diversity. It's an amazing place and looking forward to really seeing what they're going to bring to the world. And maybe in the U.S. here, they can, you know, learn some by example. Okay, we can go over to Korea. Let's start in the South. South Korea, court freezes $92 million in assets related to terror tokens. More than six months after the collapse of the tarot ecosystem, South Korean authorities continue to investigate and freeze the funds of persons involved in Terra. After seizing 140 billion 
won 108 million from uh, Shin Hyun Sung in November. The Seoul Southern District Court has recently ruled to confiscate more assets related to Terra. Has ordered the freeze 120 billion won, $92 million, in assets of former and incumbent CEOs of Terraform Labs affiliate firm Kernel Labs. Okay, that's cool. Keep freezing. Keep freezing and thawing. Freeze and thaw. The industry needs a really good freeze and thaw. And uh, looks like South Korea is taking that on. So, congratulations. And uh, love to see it. So, now let's go to. I said we're going to start in the south. We're going to go to the north. North Korea. North Korea hacking activity ceases after regulators implement KYC. Intelligent officials say that out of 620 million crypto and crypto stolen by North Korea hackers this year, none were related to South Korea. Oh, yeah, they're all the U.S. No. Let's see. According to a new report published by South Korea's National Intelligence Service, North Korean hackers have stolen more than eight. 100 billion Korean won worth of cryptocurrencies from DeFi platforms this year. The agency also revealed it blocked a daily average of 1.18 million attacks perpetrated by national and international hacking organizations in November. However, an NIS spokesperson revealed via local news there, news outlet, Kyung Kain Shinmun, that all of the $620 million stolen by North Korean hackers through DeFi exploits occurred overseas yeah they occurred here in the u.s or in europe or wherever yeah um and you know security is important thing it is um in 2021 south korea implemented new know your customer cryptocurrency trading rules requiring clients to create a real name account with the same bank as their cryptocurrency exchange to deposit or withdraw funds both the bank and the exchange are then required to verify the client's identity. In addition, exchanges must obtain a license from the Financial Services Commission before commencing operations. So that makes them, that makes a lot of common sense to me. Um, but crypto is for people who were unidentified and unbanked, you know. And what do you do with them? And uh, crypto is an opportunity for them to to be their own bank. So I'm kind of torn on this. So let me know. Let me ask my audience. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think of that. You know, um, is South Korea's method, even though it's effective, does it work in the spirit of the crypto community? You know, um, yeah, we want to thwart North Korean hackers, but do you also want to give up privacy? So it's a delicate balance. I understand that. And uh, just putting out there that, you know, it's something to consider. But so far with South Korea, and North Korea, it seems to be effective, you know, at thwarting hackers. So let's go to uh, Middle East and Africa. Let's start with Israel. Israel court rules authorizes conceit. Let me say that again. Israeli court rules authorities can seize crypto from 150 blacklisted wallets. Tel Aviv's magistrate court has reportedly issued a ruling allowing Israel's government to seize all the crypto in more than 150 digital wallets that it has blacklisted for allegedly funding terrorist groups. According to a December 18 local Israel media report, Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz 
says the court's ruling has already fallen authorities authorities to seize a further $33,500 from digital wallets linked to the Islamic militant group Hamas. Okay. Um, prior to the court ruling, Israel authorities had only been alleged legally allowed to seize digital assets with direct links to terrorist activity, but not additional funds in the same wallets. Uh, in December 2021, authorities seized almost a million dollars from the wallets. Okay. They are going after the bad guys. I'm in agreement with that. It's a great idea. Get it done. Just don't think, just don't get the wrong address, you know, uh, and somebody who's not affiliated with it. And how do you know? Or how is the Hamas group doing KYC? It's a question. Let me know your thoughts. Okay, Nigeria. We're going to Africa. Nigeria set to pass bill recognizing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Wonderful. That seems like good news. Let's see what happens. The Nigerian government will reportedly soon pass a law that will recognize the usage of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as a means to keep up to date with global practices. Okay. The news was reported by Nigerian-based masthead Punch Newspapers on December 18, following an interview with the House of Representatives Committee on Capital Markets Chairman Babanjida Ibrahim. The report stated that the Investments and Securities Act 2007 2007. Hey, SEC, they have a 2007 act. Not, and that's uh, 67 years after what you're using. Um, the bill is designed, signed into law, would allow local securities and exchange commission to recognize cryptocurrency and other digital funds as capital for investment. Nigeria is keeping up with the times, folks. Um, Ibrahim stressed the need for Nigeria to keep up to date with trends and developments in capital markets globally. Wonderful. It's good to see some people have common sense. All right, let's go. Okay, left the last article. We're going to go to one island because I'm great on world geography. I know where lots of things are. And now we're going to talk about the Marshall Islands. Okay, the Marshall Islands. The Republic of the Marshall Islands, an independent island state located in the Pacific Ocean near the equator, has announced that the Decentralized Autonomous Organizations Act of 2022 has officially been passed into law. Okay. The law recognizes Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, DAOs, and enables legal entities registered in the country to formally adopt DAO structures and governance tools. The government hopes the move will encourage the growth of DeFi, decentralized entities, and their accompanying elements within the state. According to the announcement, this act will allow DAOs to incorporate as limited liability companies, LLCs, enabling them to identify as DAO LLCs. The act is also poised to allow both for-profit DAOs and non-profit DAOs to register while providing definitions and regulations for DAO formation, agreements, and the use of smart contracts. Additionally, the novel act allows for the creation of an investment fund for the government of the Marshall Islands to continue education and training around DAOs and integration into the economy. Beautiful. So it's awesome to end the show on a beautiful note. Beautiful. Have a beautiful Christmas. Have a beautiful New Year's. Have a beautiful Hanukkah. Have a beautiful Kwanzaa. Have a beautiful weekend. Everybody, I will see you next week. Um, on the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. Enjoy. I'll see you soon.